taking care of your dogs can be. Luckily, your friends at BarkBox have you covered. Sign up to receive monthly care packages delivered right to your door filled with food, toys, and treats customized for your furry four-legged friend. With prices starting at $21 a month and free shipping, now is the perfect time to get started with BarkBox. But don't take my word for it, let's hear from some of our satisfied customers. Head over to BarkBox.com to start customizing your box today. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, small school basketball. Here we talk about everything in the small ball scene. We cover scores, coaches, teams, and players. As coaches in the Valley, we understand that these teams don't get enough attention, and our biggest goal is to change that. We're here to keep you guys updated on everything small ball and ignore everything else because Honestly, Arizona Small Balls is better than everything else. On our show, these guys are the stars. Reyes is always down for stuff. So, yeah, when I was like, hey, let's just like, let's call somebody. Let's just get somebody on here. He's like, all right, cool. So, I love Reyes, man. Like, he he contacted me he reached out to me and that was one of the first things i was like i rarely get coaches to reach out you know mm -hmm. like and i think what players don't realize is your biggest advocate should be your coach if your coach likes you like that speaks volumes to other because mm -hmm. that means you're coachable that means you get along with your teammates coaches aren't putting out the reputation most coaches aren't putting out the reputation for somebody that's not a good teammate or not a good player so Sure. You know, I, I like that. I was like, good job. Like, so look yeah. at that. Reyes getting some love at the very beginning of the hey, pod, man. Try <laughs> whatever I can do to get these kids to the next level, man. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do, literally. So so this is this is kind of a we've never done this before here on the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning back in. Uh, we're super glad that you guys are hanging out with us for another week of really awesome high school hoops talk. This week, we're actually supposed to have somebody else on the pod and they canceled at the last second. So we just kind of put out some feelers and we're like, it'd be super cool to get a college coach on here to kind of help bridge that gap between high school athletes and college athletes. You know, everybody thinks they can play at the next level, but we all know there's a very small percentage of people that play at the next level and that can actually be successful at the next level. Here to help us out to kind of bridge that gap, we got Coach Jardine out of Azusa Pacific in Southern California. Coach, thanks for hopping on the pod with such short notice, man. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Uh, you know, these kinds of things I love doing. I started off as a high school coach. You know, obviously I was a player myself, and I understand that there's plenty of questions that need to be answered, and hopefully I have the answers to them. So love it. Love to be here. Hey, so before we even get into questions, Coach, why don't you just tell us about Azusa Pacific? Tell us about yourself, because there's a lot of players, coaches, parents listening to this. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about your program, man? Okay, so I'll start off with the program and then I'll talk a little bit about myself because I think that's important because I'm sure some of these questions are going to come up. Sure. Um, at Azusa Pacific University, we are a smaller private university. Um, we are religious-based, in fact, uh, to be specific, Christian. So mm. um, high GPA, high academic school. Um, and this year we finished in the tournament past the first round. So we're the top 32 teams in the nation. Hmm. We're returning our top, top five starters. 
for our program next week, we're actually starting workouts again. And so our season ended two weeks ago hmm. and now our seniors are gone. We hit the reset button and we're really looking towards, you know, next season. And I, you know, th that's important because just because we're a small private school doesn't mean that we're not competitive. We literally do a turnaround. That's why we're, we're competing for a championship every year. Sure. Um, Is that law still kind of fresh in your mind or are you, are you over that? We had the banquet last night and that was one of the things we talked about. So our starting five are all young. Um, our oldest was a, um, academically he was a junior, but athletically he was a sophomore. Mm. And, you know, we had a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of sophomores on, on the starting five. And we told them like, there's a lot like that we left on the table, a lot we left on the table and experience does matter. And as a coaching staff, we're still a little upset about it, but we kind of have to understand that like we had a young core, you know, so some of the dumb decisions that they made or the mistakes that they made were, you know, we'll chalk it up to experience. Hmm. And even though like I've been in the game now, I've been playing since I was four years old. So 36 now, 32 years, you know, they don't hmm. have that kind of experience. You know, I have college experience as well. And it's just like, yeah, it, it burns, but we look at this next season and I think we're going to hit a hard reset in the summer and just kind of like put that in our back pocket. I think what made it the season a lot more bearable um, was we beat our rival three times, so twice in the regular season and then once mm. in the uh, in the conference tournament, ending their 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 national tournament hopes. Yeah, and then good. the team that beat us twice for our conference championship, we ended up beating in the tournament. So you know we 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 turned the corner in the right direction. It's uh, and hats off to Alaska Fairbanks. They are a, a very small school, obviously. Alaska, but they fought really hard. Huh. They knew their strengths and weaknesses and they just did it. And we hope to get there too. So, hmm. yeah, um, I'll cover a little bit about myself for some of the guys, uh, for some of the people listening. Uh, obviously, high school athlete played in the NCAA. Um, but when I started my coaching career was roughly 16 years ago hmm. uh, as a high school coach. And about eight years into that, I decided to hop up to the college ranks. I started off at NCAA Division Three, then I was at NAIA, and now I'm here in NCAA Division Two. Um, so I'm kind of making my way up. Of course, my goals is to eventually be, you know, NCAA Division One or sure. have a program of myself. You know, yeah. um, but you know, the experiences I wouldn't take the wins or losses. I, I wouldn't take away at all. Like those mm. are things that I really love about this game. Mm. For sure. So. All of that, I think your, your story of, because I mean, there's a lot of coaches that want to get to that next level that whatever level it is, that's higher, you know, whether it's JV to varsity or varsity to college. And, you know, you have all those divisions there. I think even just hearing that is encouraging for a lot of people that you are so young and you've had a lot of success, which is cool. And I know that in all that, you've definitely seen a lot of high school kids come up to the college level. So, you know, just kind of off the cuff, man, like, what do you see high school kids struggle with the most transitioning into college? Like, what are some of the things that, that you notice? Like, man, these kids just struggle with this coming up. Oh, so I got a top three things that I know most <laughs> freshmen are going to hit. So right. the GPA is an obvious one. Um, you know, you're coming from high school. You're usually at a high school where either the teachers are uh, have your back and they're watching you or your parents are. Mm. And when you get into the college level, the collegiate level, 
the professors, they have hundreds of students now, you know, and they don't have the time to tutor you or to take time with. So it's kind of on your own. You have to go to study hall. You, you have to go and find a tutor yourself. And typically your parents are further away, um, whether they're out of state or, you know, uh, um, an hour or two hour drive. It's, mm. it's not feasible anymore for, for the student athlete to just talk to mom and dad to help them out. And then, of course, there's all those plenty of distractions at college mm. that you can run into. So uh, GPA dips, but usually good students, it doesn't dip by more than like three points. Um, and then they figure it out by the second semester. The other one too, now these, these two are just strictly on the court. Hmm. Um, a lot of guys, they were the man in high school and they think they're the man here, you know? And it's like, no, you're gonna pass the ball. You have other teammates, the guys that you were playing against and you were dropping 30 against, you know, they're not here. <laughs> Those guys aren't playing college basketball. The guys who are dropping 30 on their other teams, they're also still playing college, but they're your mm -hmm. teammates now. So being able to run a play and get these guys to figure out like the play's not for me, like that one is, is hard. Mm. Um, and then the last one is IQ um, on the court because a lot of guys, because they were so talented, because they were so good, they didn't have to think uh, in a cerebral fashion for basketball. So understanding how to read simple things like a pick and roll or a backdoor cut or, uh, you know, we, we, we have a lot of stagger screens and things like that, um, pick and pops. They, they don't do that. They can't because a lot of those things just for them. So, you know, a quick pick and pop was for them instead of the other way around. And, you know, uh, they, they read the defense very slowly um, because typically they're waiting for the offense to be open. And that's one of the hardest transitions too is, hey, Focus on the defense. The defense is going to tell you exactly what's going to be open. And mm. yeah, those are my top three things that I run into all the time. Here's mm. my question. How much did your GPA drop when you went to college? It actually went up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're on the flip side of it, though. I was on the flip side. So that was part of my experience. I was, I was the guy that thought my athletic talent would take me wherever. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't. And so I had to get serious about it in college. That's cool. um, I, I, I stopped at a junior college first. And realize because of that, because of GPA, you know, having those hard, tough phone calls with other coaches or, or talking to other coaches, and they're like, we can't do anything with this. Mm. And so it forced me to go to a junior college and take it seriously. And, you know, so it actually, it actually went up. Uh, I was the opposite. Um, you know, I, I loved sports so much that, you know, I was motivated in the classroom. Uh, that's kind of how it went. It's a great motivator, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's so funny that you mentioned that. Um, so obviously our podcast and like the main thing is small ball in Arizona. It's like we said, we cover, you know, the small schools in Arizona. And with that being said, small ball Arizona is pretty much guard dominant. You have a really, you have a lot of really good guards that come out mm -hmm. of small ball areas that are obviously overlooked. So my question for you is what are some must haves a guard needs to be able to compete at the college level, whether that's at your school or even at the higher like a division two NEI, whatever you see. Like, yeah. It, yeah. One of the things that I think, not only for me, but for speaking to other coaches, and I mean all the way up at high level D1s, um, what they're looking for in point guards, you know, if you're coming from a small school, is the ability to distribute. Mm -hmm. um, because they're going to understand that playing at a high level, playing at a fast pace is going to be a little bit more difficult uh, as far as the transition goes. But there's a few things that translate very well in the game of basketball. Um, rebounding, defense, and passing, right? Um, those, those three things 
typically translate pretty well. Shooting, a lot of guys like to say shooting, but I find this, if you're shooting at a high school three-point line and then you're moving you know, three feet back for the college level, um, that's gonna be a little bit tougher transition as well, unless you're obviously an elite shooter. So I tend to find that there's going to be a, a learning curve for shooting, but those other three things that that translates pretty well. Guys who know how to read the the, the defense and distributing, guys who know how to read a shot for rebounding, and then of course defense. You might not be as fast or strong as the other guy, but you know your transition is like that hits you in the weight room, you know. Um, but for other small guys, you know, for point guards in, in this in, in this sense, I would say if you could distribute the ball pretty well, you're averaging six, seven, eight nine assists a game you know that's going to be something that coaches are going to look at because obviously everybody could shoot mm. you know you're at the collegiate level now everybody knows how to score but not everybody knows how to pass i'll give you an example for our guard uh, our starting guard this year was a freshman which rarely happens at, at our level of competitive level um, but two things he was good at defense and passing the ball mm. um, you look at the beginning of the season he wasn't scoring a whole lot. I think he was maybe averaging three or four points a game. And I would say out of the three points, two of them were on the free throw line, you know, like, right. um, and so at the end of the season, once we started hitting the tournament, he started catching his stride as far as shooting goes. He figured out the three point line. He figured out how to read the defense a little better, but he was averaging four or five assists a game and almost two steals a game to start off. And it's like, we had no choice but to put him in. And so mm. if you come in from a small school, focus on those two things, you'll get noticed. Mm. Mm. That's great. And it's funny because how, and even just coach, think back to yourself when you were in high school, how opposite is that? It goes against your logic, you know, like everybody yeah. is thinking if I just score like crazy, that's what's going to get me noticed. And it's got to be something a little bit different than that. That's a great point. Yeah. 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 And I always try to emphasize this high school players, everybody can score. They're in college because they were scoring. So you got to bring something to the table that they don't have. Mm. And typically because scorers score, they don't pass. And there never really been a reliance of defense at their high, local high schools because they could drop 30 points and they'll give up 15, you know? So it's not that big of a deal for them. Hmm. Okay. So thinking along that, as far as kids and, and you know, what, what they could do to, to bring to the next level, what character traits like when you're you're recruiting kids you're having a workout or you have a visit with a kid or even a phone call what are some character traits that make you want to offer a kid for your program oh that's a really good question i know that's it's a, a really, lot right I no mean, there's no, a no. lot of character traits yeah um so one of the first things we look for is do they get along with others hmm. right uh guys that get onto the court and i'm telling you I've seen this a lot when you have a workout plan and they show up two minutes before a workout and they don't have their shoes on or anything like that. Like that's bad. Um, but the other one too, is when they think that they're big time. So they're not even talking to the guys who are already on the team. They just mm -hmm. think, okay, I got this like that. That one hurts. And we always ask our players and every coach that I know does the same thing. Every coach I know goes and talks to the other teammates and they'll ask, um, you know, what, what they think of, of the recruit. Hmm. and our players are required to tell us the truth you know and we're not talking about the court because it's like hey this guy could potentially be your teammate for the next four to five years hmm. can you get along with them in the locker room and so that's important and i want to say that the the other character trait that we're looking for is somebody who has a good sense of self right so like 
they understand their strengths and weaknesses. They understand that, you know, it, either if they're a goofball or they're serious or they're a hard worker or they're not, you know, because that's a recruiting uh, aspect as well. We'll ask them like, hey, you know, uh, how are you in the weight room? And if somebody could tell us the honest truth, like, nah, I don't really get in the weight room all that much. Okay, well, you're going to have to here. He goes, okay, well, that'll be a struggle. And we'll tell them what we have over APU. We have what we call stretcher bearers. So you'll have a teammate that's responsible to getting you in the weight room, you mm -hmm. know, and vice versa. You might be responsible for somebody else. Um, so that kind of character. Um, and then the, the last one is, you know, for, for us, and I know for a lot of schools, is whether or not they could grasp the weight of being a college athlete, right? And so I tell people this, when you're a college athlete, you know, you have eight to nine hours a day that you dedicate to your sport. And whether that's in the weight room, whether that's in film, whether that's on the court itself. And we tell guys that, and it's like, and we're not joking around, like this is what it's really gonna be like. And we'll sit there with the recruit, we'll, we'll show them the schedule. And you could tell right away whether or not they're shocked or they're excited, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm -hmm. And so being excited for those eight, nine hour work days, those are guys who are like, okay, we, we want that guy. We want that guy who's going to be excited to get in the court, to get in the weight room. You know, when the lights are off, you know, they're working. Th those are those guys. So um, character-wise, those three things, it's really tough. Uh, the last, these last two, we talk about family, but some guys come from bad families, unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, um, you know, but family-oriented guys is, is really crucial. And then, of course, um, you know, we look at how they... Uh, and this is, you know, obviously you don't have to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or anything like that, but how they, how they get along with people they actually choose to love, mm. you know? Mm. Um, and those are, those are things that we look at uh, small things, but kind of tell us a little bit about their character. And that's really interpersonal stuff, which is good. And everything you're saying about the eight or nine hours, they're either excited or they're not excited. Yeah, I remember because I played at a lower level. And for us, it wasn't eight or nine hours a day. But mm -hmm. you're looking at a solid probably five hours or something, you know. And, oh, yeah. And it's funny because like there were some kids that would come into the program and you would see it after the first week. We're like, this kid, he's not going to make it like he's just he's not about it, you know, and and a lot of kids don't understand as demanding as high school basketball can be if you're at a high program it's nothing it is oh. nothing compared to the college level no not at all and we i'm sorry i'm trying to fix this plan. it doesn't matter so we yeah, um yeah. we tell guys all the time that um your high school level if uh, if you're a good athlete you wake up at 4 35 a.m in the morning you hit the gym before class and you'll do your class and then you'll do your practice maybe you'll have a weight room session and then you go home and we're sitting here like, okay, you probably have two or three classes a day. So that's two or three hours that you have a day. Um, so it's not like high school where you're spending six, seven hours in the class. What you'll do is you'll wake up in the morning. And again, like, it's one of those things if you're, if you drive after it, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, you know, exposing one of our players, um, we have a point guard named Mick. No, in, in a positive way, we have a oh, point guard okay. named Mick. If I walk in in the morning and we're talking about 5 a.m. in the morning, he's in, he's taking shots. Mm. If I'm taking a player um, to work out at night, I, I'll run into him either at, depending on the day, 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. Okay. Um, because he's in there every morning taking shots and then he goes to class. 
And then when he's done with class, he gets another shoot around in right, right before practice. And then he does practice and then he does the weights and then he goes back and takes his other class. And then he gets back into the gym to get more shots up. And um, I tell guys like that, that's what it kind of looks like. You know, you're going to be putting up, and this is not a joke. You'll be putting up 1500 to 2000 shots a day. Um, and that's on your own. That's not included in practice. And then you'll also be in the weight room, you know, depending if you're going to red shirt, uh, I would say you'll probably be in the weight room for two hours if you're a red shirt. Um, and that's because, you know, you're not going to be putting in that extra work in practices because there'll be less drills and stuff like that, live drills that you'll be in. So your body needs to be tired. You need to work out. You need to look different by the time your red shirt is up. Um, and you know, if, if you're not, then you'll be doing an additional hour in, in the weight room. Mm -hmm. So one to two hours in the weight room, you know, you're looking at three to four hours, uh, getting up shots yourself. And then you have another two hours for practice. And then if you're really after it, you'll ask myself or one of the other assistants to help you work out for something that, that, that you, you need it done. Um, and then we also do house calls. Typically we'll try to get with guys, not necessarily individually, about four or five guys and go over film right and that usually happens at night so you might skip one of those shooting sessions so you can go to one of these film sessions and so it's tough you know it's not only a mental grind but it's a physical grind and i tell guys this all the time if you like basketball college probably isn't for you but if you love it it's probably for you you mm. have to love this game because it will yeah. get you'll get tired really quick that's that's so well put coach no i love that and like, just kind of, you know, speaking about the traits of like what it takes to, you know, to fit into the college or be able to compete at the college level, what are some things or traits that you can tell just from looking at a kid or even if they're at, their, at your workout that they're just not going to be able to compete at this level? Oh, this one's easy. Well, it's two things, but this one is the obvious. Um, they quit on the court. Hmm. Uh, a lot of guys that come in from high school, they're undersized. Yeah. Um, for, you know, for, for the collegiate level, they're undersized for the collegiate level. You're talking about, you know, young men who've been in the weight room for three to four years who are probably going to be your starters. And those are the guys that you're going to be competing against. So we have recruits coming in this next week and they're going to be, you know, working out with some of our guys. And that's, that's given. We know as coaches that you're going to be out muscled. You're probably going to, you know, not be as athletic as, as our upperclassmen. And so, one of the tell tell things that we look at is does he quit on the court? Does he get, you know, lack of better terms, does he get punked on the court and then he just puts his head down, hmm. you know, or does he, you know, take the ball back out, check it in and let's go, let's get back to work. You know, those are the kinds of guys that we're looking for um, because freshmen, uh, you know, if anybody ever, you know, uh, if people listening, like you, you will, you will get punked. You know, there's always a guy that's stronger and faster than you always. Um, and you know, I tell guys, how do I know this? Because you're not Kobe, right? Like you're not getting drafted out of, right. out of high school. You're going yeah. to the NCAA. So there's going to be a guy who's stronger and bigger than you. Um, and then the other one too, is, you know, the, I've mentioned a little briefly is the selfish play, right? Guys who, who uh, we're doing open gyms just to kind of see how they distribute the ball. You know, if they, you know, try to take over a game or not, things like that. If you're at an open gym or you're at a workout with another player, um, with players and you try to take over the game and try to score the 30 points you used to score to impress, you know, your high schools, you know, that that's, that's not going to work at most programs hmm. because what's going to end up happening is you'll make, you might score one or two buckets 
And then because they're college athletes, they're going to adjust. And then you're probably not going to score again. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to try to score and not distribute and not pass to get the easy, the easy bucket. So those two things are, is really telling of whether or not they're going to make it in college. Again, it's so hard to get kids to understand that. So them hearing it from you, coach, that's huge. So biggest advice that you would give to kids in high school that want to play at the next level? Uh, two big things, GPA and learn how to work when the lights are off. Um, I always say this, right? And I tell my college guys this all the time. So if your GPA is high, you're going to have an easier adjustment in college because there's going to be distractions, whether it's, you know, a campus events or other sporting events, um, you know, th- there's going to be distractions and you're going to make new friends. So having a good GPA and having that work ethic in the classroom matters because again, you're going to be distracted, but you're also going to know the importance of doing homework and work. Mm-hmm. The second one is learning how to work when the lights are off. And one of the quotes that I give to my players is this, like, you know, the, or I ask them a question, I go, what is the only bad shot you could take? And a lot of them don't know the answer. And I say the one you don't practice, you know, um, and if you're in the gym every day and you're working out and you're practicing that shot, it's not a bad shot anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, guys see Steph Curry, you know, jacking it from 50 feet out, but he practices that. It's not a bad shot for Steph Curry. And I'm using that as an outlier because not everybody could be Steph Curry. But if you want to hit that shot, you got to practice it. You got to get guys out there to, to work hard. And that also includes grab a teammate for your 5 a.m. workouts before class and just work out with them. You know, do things that you've seen in the game or that you know that you're, you have a weakness in. Mm, I like that. I think, I think it's so important. I was always a grinder like that. You know, I yeah. always wanted to get up early and, and really not just get in the gym and get some shots up, but like really work. You know, I, I, yeah. that was always just my personality. I felt like I had to grind for every minute that I was going to get. I wasn't super talented. I wasn't super tall or anything like that. So I have noticed in the years, like these last five years, there's less and less kids like that. But the kids that do that, they're just head and shoulders above everybody else. I mean, they just, yep. their improvements are huge. Yeah. Yeah, I was lucky because I had a twin brother. So I just grabbed him. <laughs> hey, guess what? It's 4.30 in the morning. Let's get to the gym. We got to be there by five. And so I never had to grab really another teammate. You know, he, he was he was my teammate. <laughs> so That's good. No, that's perfect. And like so pretty much throughout this whole interview, I mean, like, you know, we've been talking about like, what kids can do and like, mm-hmm. how they can prepare for the next level. But as coaches, what can we do to prepare our kids for the next level? Like what can we do as high school coaches or club coaches? What can we do to help you guys out? That'll be make that transition probably a little bit easier. Okay, so it depends on where they're at. As freshmen, I would, and again, I'm speaking as a high school coach and now college looking back as freshmen, I would harp into them about the work ethic. Mm. You know, again, when the lights are off, you know, make sure you get into the gym early in the morning or later afternoons. You know, that also means coaches be available to open up the gym for that. Like, you know, you, and it's tough because we're adults and they're not. So we have a lot more responsibilities, but you have to be as passionate uh, about basketball as they are um, or find an assistant coach to do it or whatever the means is you know once they start getting to their juniors and senior years um, you know one of the things that I would emphasize is hey start making film start reaching out and for a lot of these high school uh, uh, you know students these high school athletes you know tell them cold calling or cold reaching out emailing to a high school coach I mean to, to a college coach is perfectly advisable 
Um, what I used to do to some of my athletes in college, I mean, in high school, I used to have them write 20 schools. They're top five D1s, top five D2s, top five D3s, top five NAIAs. And then I would have them, if they had any schools that they you know, absolutely loved, then give me five schools that you love, regardless of division, right? Um, and so what I would do is immediately I would tell them, hey, you're going to draft it. And I would walk them through it, draft you know, your email, things like that. We'll go through it together, what, what the highlights are, are. So talk to as many coaches as possible to see what they're looking for. Have about two or three different highlights. You know, some coaches are looking for three and D guys. Some guys are looking for, you know, distributing. So, and so have highlights that, that emphasize those things. So, you know, who to send to a coach and then just send it, you know, and I don't mean send it to a head coach, send it to the head coach all the way down to the grad assistant, because one of them will, will look at it. Uh, when I was in, you know, high school coach, one girl in, in particular, I probably sent out 1100 emails, you know, uh, just, <laughs> that just sounds like Reyes right there. I'm yeah. Really- and, you know, ju- just for her and she, you know, when everybody thought that she wouldn't even be able to play at a D3 level, she ended up getting a D1 offer because wow. she was exactly what uh, the coach was looking for. You know, she was a hybrid player who could shoot threes and she averaged about 10.1 rebound game, mm-hmm. you know. So coach was like, I like it. Come over here for a workout. She did the workout. Coach loved it. And she got, you know, her, her scholarship. Hmm. I'm trying to think too, cause that's great advice. I'm trying to think also like situational, you know, cause everybody has their own little offense that they run. I mean, do you see kids really have a hard time like reading screens and things like that? Is that a pretty difficult thing that they, I know you mentioned it earlier about that, yeah. but is that like a huge thing that kids could work on? Yes. Uh, and coaches uh, even, you know? Yeah. Uh, understanding the college, uh, the, 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 how colleges change, the dynamics have changed. There's a lot more screening in college. I think uh, the top 15 teams or something like that, you know, average something like 70 something screens a game, you know? So basically every possession, there's two or three screens. And it's like, you know, you need to know how to, how to read those. Um, and there's a lot more spread offense, you know, so the, the four outs and, and that's the reason why there's a lot more screens. So like for college coaches to prep them, um, I'll probably be pretty soon be putting up some of my, my workouts on YouTube, but like we, we do that. We just, Hey, we'll get three guys and one guy will be on or two guys will be on offense and one guy will be on defense. Hmm. Uh, one guy setting screens and the defense is going to adjust to those screens, however, which way, and you have to read it, whether it's a pick and pop on the wing or the shoulder or the baseline, hmm. whatever it is, like we require that. And it's like, you could read a screen you know, our, our minimum for our workouts is three different ways, um, but we could get up to six, you yeah. know, and it's like you could read one single screen six different ways and have six different looks for six different shots, hmm. you know, and and um, I'm usually the one passing it. And if I'm not, you know, it'll be them passing it so they can make the same reads. Right. Um, but, yeah, I would say coaches do those for your individual workouts, get those screens so they understand how to read it. So once they're in college, they're seeing these plays and it doesn't look foreign to them. You know, they, they know how to read a defense ahead of time. Absolutely. Uh, that, I think that's super helpful for everybody. And Reyes, I think, did you have one more question you wanted to ask? Yes. I was just going to ask like what, you know, being a young coach, like, and obviously, you know, you're a coach and you start at the high school level. And so like, what can you just kind of explain a day of a life of like uh, an assistant coach at a high level D two, like, for a coach, for young coaches that want to possibly jump into the college ranks and be a coach there, like, 
could you just explain like what it actually takes? Cause I know some probably think it's like, Oh, I filled out an application. I coach and oh, boom, I'm right back on the sideline. But obviously there's more responsibilities other than just that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start off with this. I got my first assistant coaching job by literally printing out resumes and walking into coaches' offices and being like, hey, I will volunteer to work here, whether it's a camp, whether it's you guys need your laundry done, whatever it is, like I'll volunteer. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for them to pay me or anything like that. It's like, hey, let me give you my time. Um, so I got my first assistant college position while I was still coaching high school. Hmm. um so i was doing both at the same time that's a grind man yeah Holy cow. um but i tell guys like that's kind of what it takes because a lot of coaches they don't hire guys unless they know them you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, whether you're going to be on the men or women's side if i don't know you why am i going to have you around you know our athletes you could be a bad person as opposed to a volunteer coach i don't have to pay you out you're going to dedicate your time and if i you know it doesn't work out i could ask you to leave and you'll leave but I would say that whew, this one's tough because yeah. you you have to be prepared to do things that nobody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is definitely all the little things that the head coach or the paid assistant coaches need done, volunteer to do it. You know, um, I was not getting paid in my volunteer position and I would probably dedicate just just at the university, six hours a day at the university just to get things done and if it wasn't at the university i'd be at home doing film and things like that um and i remember all-nighters because i would also do film for my high school um so i would do film film for my college first and then film for my high school and i had to get my film done for my high school before 5 a.m in the morning when a lot of these students started waking up and i needed them to see the film so i needed it all done before 5 a.m um, so it was a grind and that gives you a good reputation when the coach sees that, Hey, you're going to do all the little things that you're going to do stuff that guys don't want to do. And like I said, you, that's the, it's, it sounds dumb, but it's true. It's like the laundry, it's organizing the, the recruiting list. It's going over like the boring film stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, not like, Oh, I'm drawing up plays. It's like, no, I need you to get a clip, you know, a bunch of clips for these plays. So then you got to like, search out these these different scenarios and things like that because you'll watch the entire game film for maybe three clips and then you'll right. be on the next game you know and it's like you you have to do those things you have to be willing to do those things and go through the grind and it is a grind it is very much a grind and it's not for everybody and one of the other things and this is kind of and i'll say it here but it, it's one of the things that every coach knows but they never really speak out loud be prepared for egos um mm-hmm. you know if if you're going to be working hard there's going to be somebody there that's going to have an ego that's, you know, going to try to push your buttons for whatever reason. And you just sit there, you nod your head. Okay. And you do it. You just continue doing your job hmm. um, because at the end of the day, you know, the majority of coaches are good people and they're going to see that they're going to be like, you know what, let me write you a letter of recommendation. Or usually what happens is those paid assistants will move on to uh, run their programs and they'll take you with them, hmm. you know, because they know that you're a hard worker and you're going to do what you need to do. Um, it's not about X's and O's when you first start off in college, um, because they're going to assume that you don't know anything, you know, (laughs) you're, you're a regular high school coach and you might be one of the more successful high school coaches, but they're just going to assume, okay, you don't know my program. You don't know what I run. Um, and so you're going to have to do all those little things that, you know, your other, other people don't want to do. 
I'm sure that you guys do film in high school. You know, you guys are having a podcast, so you have a passion for it. But there's so many high school coaches who don't do film, who don't chop it up, who don't, you know, look at plays, none of that stuff. And that is a requirement if you're going to be at the collegiate level. Um, and I can't emphasize that em- enough because I tell guys this. So we have a small school, uh, Division Two. So our we're not talking about millions of dollars, but probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, right, for, for our program um, to, to, to make it run. And again, it's a small G2, so you're talking about a head coach who's like, hey, this is how I put food on the table for my wife and kids, you know, and you're, you're essentially handling or you're messing with hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, you crank that up to a UCLA or whatever, you know, and it's like they get, you know, I think they're Jordan now instead of Under Armour, right? So they're you know, they have the Jordan brand under their name. So you're talking about millions of dollars just with that brand. And then you're talking about millions of dollars for people who are showing up to games or, or, or networking opportunities, you know, on TV, mm-hmm. things like that. So you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars for a basketball program. And you want to walk in there and not work like that's not going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and I uh, my first internship was a spring actually at UCLA. And these guys were there, the volunteer coaches. Um, this is right the year before I went to and I decided to be NCAA coach the volunteer coaches were there at 5 a.m to set everything up and they didn't leave until 11 p.m and then they were back there again at 5 a.m and like when they set everything up they weren't the ones running the drills and showing the coaches they weren't doing any of that stuff they went either getting us food or you know organizing more of the camps or whatever and then if they weren't doing that they went back to the office to organize the recruiting list because as a paid coach, you know, I might've talked to this guy and I'll tell a volunteer coach, Hey, update the, the, the roster and they better do it. <laughs> you know? And it's like, so you're doing all the, it sounds dumb, but you're doing all the dumb things that other coaches don't want to do. And you'll be there from 5.00 AM to 11.00 PM. Those are some of your days, especially during the spring and summer, because mm-hmm. you got to show that work. And a lot of these volunteer coaches now are heads of their own programs. So, yeah. you know, you, you have to do it. You just have to do it. When I was in college, our assistant coach, you know, we get done with practices and we'd take all our practice jerseys and stuff and we'd put it into like the laundry pile. One of my teammates, he used to sneak his actual laundry and put it in there so that way the assistant coach would do the laundry for him. And I'll never forget one day he came out and he's like holding a polo and he's like, come on, y'all, I'll do your, your practice. I'm not doing your laundry, though. But it, it kind of made me think about that because it is such a grind, man. But yeah. it makes me it makes me think, too, like what you said, if you like basketball, college probably isn't for you. But if you love it, yeah. you know, you're probably going to do OK. And that's just what makes me think if you like coaching. No, it's not. But if you love it and that's what your passion is. Yeah, you know, that's that's special, man. And it's super cool to kind of hear your perspective and and to be able to bridge that gap between high school and college. So thank you for all your input, all your insight, all of you athletes that are out there listening to this, you parents, you coaches. I hope this lights a little bit of a fire underneath you. I know it lights a little bit of a fire underneath me and, and it's motivating, you know, and you're not just hearing it from your coaches that you need to get your grades up, kids. It's I mean, it's 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 a thing, you know, it's legit. Yeah, so um super glad that you're able to hop on the pod with this coach and um for all of you guys who are tuning into the show man make sure that you log on to apple Podcasts. if you're not following the show you hit that follow button and also if you're rolling with us every single week 
you're liking what we do and you support us. You've already got some monthly supporters, but hit those reviews on Apple Podcasts, man. Those five stars reviews help us so much. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Coach, once again, thanks so much for hopping on the show, man. No problem. Thank you guys for having me.